Tribute Pod Production. Yell encouragement at somebody, high five someone, all that sort of stuff. Have a little sneaky chat where you can, that sort of thing. I love being able to do that. Welcome to the first episode of the Bravehearts 777 Marathon Podcast. My name is Mitch Craig and I'll be navigating you through the ins and outs of the Bravehearts 777 Marathon with all the information you need. We won't just be talking about shoes, blisters and gels. No, we're going to go and look into people's motivation to join the Bravehearts 777 Marathon and how they handle the running, the fundraising and the event itself. Ladies and gentlemen, today is the first episode and what better way to kick off this podcast than with Jess Peel. Jess is returning this year for her fifth Bravehearts 777 Marathon, which is absolutely outstanding. It was an absolute delight to chat to Jess about her background, why she keeps coming back and some insight into how she has raised over $150,000 in fundraising for the Bravehearts charity. The discussion is inspiring and informative, so let's dive straight into episode one of the Bravehearts 777 Marathon with Jess Peel. And it is a massive welcome to our first guests of the Brave Hearts 777 Marathon, Australia's mightiest running challenge. Welcome, Jess. Ah, super, thanks, Mitch. How are you going? I'm good. I'm good. I am. I'm actually really excited to speak to you and I'm extremely happy that you're the first episode. I honestly can't wait to get into the details of your journey. But before we get into it, we're going to start with a few running stats to get a bit of a snapshot of you and uh, and your experience. So how many, how many marathons have you run in total? Oh, goodness. So I'm up to about 22, 23. Oh, so, and wow. That's including training runs as well. Yeah. So that's like competition runs kind of thing. The legit ones. And then what's your longest distance you've ever run, both competition and training? Last weekend, I did a 100 miler. So in New Zealand, 162 and a half, because the half is important, Ks around Rotorua, so on trail. So that was really fun. And my toenails do not like me anymore at all. On trails as well. That's uh, that. Uh, I reckon that adds 10, 15 more miles onto it. Like that's terrible. I'm with you. I double up every, every hill that I go up. I think, well, every kilometer it's, it's double <laughs> yep, for the ass, but be. I love the downs. <laughs> Just po- point your head down the hill and off you Just go. go. Yep. What's your favorite marathon or course that you've ever done? Marathon or course. I, I actually really loved the one I did last weekend. So the Tarawera, yep. I thought that was a really awesome course. And with them, ha- they had to change because of um, change the actual course because of weather. They had a few landslides, so they had to cut out a bit of the course. Loved it. So varied. I really love, I love trail, but the... Triple Seven Marathon and doing the marathons there—awesome fun. Well, it's a it's a whole different excitement and uh, challenges, really. Well, how many Triple Sevens have you competed in? Well, participated in. Sorry, oh, I don't compete. I'm, I'm not a racer. I'm an eventer. Yeah, eventer. <laughs> so this will be going into this year. It'll be my fifth 
fifth time going around the circuit. So That is incredible. And it's been interesting because we've had, the first one I did was the original seven state. Yep. The second one, we were in COVID. So I did them all at home and just picked different locations around Canberra. The third one was all across Queensland and we had to cut a few out. So a few of us kept going anyway. And then it's gone back to the original again, which has been really great. Must add some excitement. Well, what's your favorite leg of the triple seven? What's your favorite course that you've run? You know, not to be, you know, biased. Canberra. I knew this was coming. I knew it. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I was like, there's got to be a home ground advantage. Home crowd advantage. The main part about Canberra that I really, really love, like obviously I know that course and yep. I've got a lot of friends who are there, but it's a Saturday as well. And that gives you that extra people aren't at work. So there's more people coming out and stuff. So it just makes it the atmosphere in it so much better. So much better. It's the second last run or course as well. Cause then you've got Correct. the Goldie, which is that's Massive. a whole new, yeah, a yeah. whole new kettle of fish yeah, as well. it's huge. <laughs> well, that's your snapshot done and dusted. I suppose let's turn our attention a bit more to yourself. When did you start getting into running as a, as a whole? I ran as, as a kid. So I was always doing cross country through school, just trying to put my foot into as many things as I could. My, my dad was mm. a runner. He encourages his kids to get out and, and do it. But obviously we were very, do I have yeah. to? <laughs> Do I really do I really have to like really begrudgingly getting out there and stuff? But I think he set that into us at a very young age. My first mm-hmm. event was in Saudi Arabia. They set up a one kilometer course for the kids, and we did this course with the Jeddah Road Runners, and I that was it kicked off from there. But I really started getting into it more after my oldest son was born, so he's almost twenty. So the Saudi Arabia run, were you mm-hmm. living there or did you go there just purposely for that event? Or We were living there. We lived there yeah, for right. a few years and uh, my dad was working over there. So he got really involved with the Jetta Road Runners there and it was really amazing watching them all running down the Corniche and all over the place. It was very, very cool. And it's all flat. And desert. It was weird. Yeah, hot and flat. Hot, <laughs> hot and flat. flat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no trails there, Jess. No trails there. <laughs> so you mentioned that you then took it back up after your first son was born. Correct. I suppose what what was the motivation there? Why were you? Why did you find the love again? I think it was more at that at that time. It was the the, the typical want to get my body back type thing, yep. and just mm-hmm. wanted to do something that I could do and have him with me as well. And so being able to push him in the stroller and get outside. And I think also when it, obviously when it comes down to having your first baby, you don't know what the hell's Mm. going on, getting, getting outdoors and having that um, mental health space as well was so important. So I just encourage anyone who's pregnant, having a baby, had a baby recently, get outside. Best thing for you. Just getting that sun on your face is just fantastic. Just changes, changes your whole outlook on, on the day. So, yeah. You've mentioned that you've done five uh, events for Braveheart's 777 Marathon. Why did you get involved and what was like the catalyst of then taking the step into into running and, and fundraising? Okay. So, the first time I ever heard about 777, I was doing a, a local half marathon. I met a woman called Jane Hyatt yep. and we were just chatting and she was so lovely and amazing. And she said to us at the time, oh, this is just a training run. And she was doing 777. So, we got chatting about that and I thought, you know, initially it was the, oh, that'd be a cool challenge. Oh, can, can I do that? That'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. And then I got home a couple of days later, my husband was in Sydney with work and he got home and said, oh, so Jordan, our legal counsel, he's he's been chatting to these people about this 
Braveheart something, something, something. And I went, oh, triple seven. He goes, you've heard of it. And I said, yeah, do you want a runner for Anytime Fitness Australia? <laughs> He's like, yes. So it kicked off from there. And then I think obviously doing the first one, it was that whole challenge. But I really, my big thing was I'm not going to be the fastest person out there but I will raise the most money. So that was my big, big game plan was, you know what, here we go, bring it on. So I was on the fundraising page like a hawk just watching where everyone was at and I'm like, okay, cool, now I need to step it up. Oh, I can back off for a little. <laughs> so it was um, that part became my my goal was to raise as much as I possibly could and get the word out there a lot more too. I think that year I raised 63,000. Haven't gotten to that level again, but it gets harder each year. Well, yeah, because you're kind of hitting the same people, right, with the fundraising. Correct. Kind of serendipitous that it all kind of work like that. The universe tells you. It's crazy. And so how's your experience been over the, obviously it's a bit of a different, your five years hasn't been constant going with the same people in the same areas. So what's your experience been like through Braveheart's triple seven marathons? I love the week. I really like obviously the training and stuff like that. I love it because I've got great friends who I run with, but the week is amazing. It's the only week of the year that I feel like an athlete. All I have to do is show up and everything is done. And the people who get out there who the volunteers and everything are just so beyond amazing and ha- and the supporters that come out and the the state runners mm. it's just such a the atmosphere is phenomenal phenomenal so i love it i love it it's funny that you said that you feel like an athlete for that one week of the year yeah. mate you're running <laughs> seven marathons in 7 days Plus yep. travel of seven states. You're an athlete. I hate to tell you, you're an athlete for the whole year. It is. I appreciate it's that. It's not an argument. <laughs> yeah. But it's almost like, you know, all the, all the training that you do and all the running that you do to get to that point, it's almost like the party at the end and the celebration of everything you've done prior, which is really like, it's a different way to look at it rather than, you know, people are focused on that week and that's going to be this and this is going to hurt and this is going to feel like this and I'm going to be emotional and all like all the feels that you get with that one week. But it's a, it's the party. It's the celebration of everything you've done because yeah. fundraising is tough. Yes. It's tough. Especially if you don't have like a sales background, asking for money is, is quite difficult. Absolutely. It's, it's not an easy skill, unfortunately. And people hate asking for money, but it's part of it. Yeah, exactly. And do- it's going to something that's such a great cause too that's – Oh, absolutely. It's uh, absolutely. Yeah, really worth it. <laughs> oh, that's Yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. You mentioned that the, the week is really fun and you enjoy the entire week. And I feel like the community with all of the runners is really substantial. Now, I want to lift the curtain oh, yeah. a little bit on you, Jess, and I apologize because I haven't told yep. you that, that I'm okay. going to do this in advance. <laughs> we tried to have a conversation earlier in the week, but we had to change it because you'd flown from Canberra to Melbourne to see a friend yes. who had got injured Correct. who's meant to be doing the triple seven marathon. Now, if that doesn't tell you that the community is tight knit <laughs> and really loves each other, then you've got another thing coming. So can you talk about the so community true. and I suppose the friendships that you've gained from Bravehearts Triple Seven? Sure. So the the friends that you gained during that week, I know you're you're only together for that one week, but they are lifetime friends. They become more family than anything. So, like you mentioned, going down to Melbourne last week, 
so the girl I went and saw, my friend Mel, so she she came to New Zealand with me to crew as well for the 100 miler. When she got home, she dropped a bed on her foot and broke it. And I said to my husband, oh, and he said, you need to go. Just go. Get in a plane and go. So her daughter and daughter-in-law we all worked together so that she had no idea I was coming down and surprised her that tears, like it was just, it was beautiful. Mm. It was beautiful. But you do become a really strong knit like family yep. um, as opposed and you, you really, you miss each other when you're not together and it's just, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. So there have been, there are a few, a few of the guys who have been to every Bravehearts that I've done, every triple seven that I've done so far, and they're they're magic. Yep. They're all magic. So it's it's awesome. And even the, the Canberra Triple Seven runners, we're getting together over the weekend to do a training run, oh, which that's will be fun. Cool. That's so cool. It's a funny concept because obviously a lot of your training is away from your other uh, event goers of the triple seven. And then when you come together, that's when you're all in the hurt locker for seven days. Correct. <laughs> and you form this massive bond. You're like, we've all been through this training that is terrible yeah. and lonely. And then we, we get to experience the, the pain, so to speak, together, which is really nice. It yep. can be quite an emotional experience, especially when you're oh, gosh, yeah. exerting so much during the day. Correct. So why why do you keep coming back? Of, of, like it is incomprehensible to me that you would do seven marathons in seven days and then go next year, you know what, I'm going to do it Let's again. Let's do it. Yeah. Again, it comes back to, I actually really love the week and I love what Braveheart stands for. I think because it's such a taboo subject Mm -hmm. as well, like it's something that is an uncomfortable conversation for people. And I love to be able to try and make that conversation comfortable because especially with say my nieces and nephews and they've got their young kids, they need to be able to see the signs. They need to be able to work out if their kid is safe or if their behavior changes to the point where it's, you know, something's going on. And it's so important. It pushes me every day. Like obviously my kids are, my kids are 2018 and almost 15 now, but I still feel that passion to continue to try and make a difference for Australian kids. So needs to happen. Yeah. That's really important and really Mm. well said, I think normalizing it in the conversation is is a step forward in terms of identifying the issue and not pushing it under the rug, right? And mm. saying, right, this it happens exactly. and this is what you need to do if it if it yeah. occurs in our in our circle, yeah. in our space. So yeah, that's really really important. The amount of adults, like adult friends that I've got who have come out of the woodwork as well since I've been doing this yep. and said, Oh, that happened to me. Oh, I have a friend. Oh, I have a sister. I have a brother. In there is, there is so much. And then I also think as well, like obviously mental mental health in society in general, if you can hit something at the core and at the actual, you know, that that point, turn someone's mental health into something that is um, not, not healthy for them. If you can get it at, the, at that early age, everything else is gone. Everything else, like so many other things can be wiped out purely because you've got it back here. Yeah, I think it's really significant. Uh, the work that Bravehearts do in general is fantastic. And I think the more voices that <laughs> they have, like the 777 mm. participants, to assist in spreading the word is is just phenomenal and, and something that mm. really really helps the organization as well, which is really, really cool. So in terms of helping the organization, you mentioned that the first year you raised just over 60 grand. Now yes. I had a bit of a peak as well to see. And I, from what I've from what I've gathered, you've raised over $150,000 for Bravehearts. Is that is that right? 
Yes, correct, correct. Oh. I'm trying. I'm trying really, really hard to catch up to Claude the Mower Man, Harvey. So he's raised 1.6 million for Bravehearts. Oh my yeah. goodness! Uh huh. Tell me about it. So he walks around to different places around Queensland. He has a lawnmower with signs and stuff all over it. Just spruiks Bravehearts and the good things that they do. So I'm I'm coming at you, Claude. I'm gonna try. <laughs> gonna try. <laughs> oh my goodness! That is oh that is phenomenal. Yeah. That is so good. So good. Blows. I got. I had the privilege of meeting him recently when he was in Canberra for the Australian of the Year Awards for Senior of the Year, and just phenomenal. He's so he's so proud, but he's so humble of the things that he's done, and I love that. Over a million dollars. Yeah. I don't. I don't know about you, but I just got little cheeky spine tingles there. That is. That is so good. Covered in goosebumps right now. <laughs> that, that's so good. So uh, this year, how is your fundraising going so far? What like what are some strategies that you've taken? My thing so far this year has been like as ridiculous as it is. If I go on a holiday with somebody and they owe like for accommodation or yep. something, I'd be like, just put that into my fundraising. Thanks. Yeah, that'd be great. Yep. So I've done the cheeky little things like that. But I haven't gone hardcore on my fundraising yet. But one thing I do do every year is a like a donated clothing sale for women. Oh, okay. Which is re- it goes really, really most most years it goes really, really well. So I have friends, friends of friends, family, etc. They just grab whatever they're trying to get rid of. They don't love anymore. That's still good quality, and they donate the clothes to me. And then I do this big sale um, over a weekend or you know day or two days, and it's just like this party, and we just sell everything on and. And stuff, and yeah. then the stuff. A lot of the stuff that I had from last year's sale that I still had left over, I then took to the Glen Rehab Clinic up in Central Coast as well. So it's still like a, a, a still giving forward. Yeah. As well, so I, I love doing that. It's so much fun. And so, do you sell that like a kind of garage sale kind of style, yeah. like out of your, on your front lawn kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. I have like all my racks. One one broke yesterday, so I'm a bit bit disappointed. <laughs> but I just I just have a whole heap of racks all set up. With, yep. You know, pants on one, shirts on one, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, yeah. And people just come in and go for it. Oh, that's cool. And so, how do you advertise it? Is it just like social media kind of thing? Just, yeah, just Facebook. Yeah. Just Facebook. So, and it just, it worked so well. So, I think one year, the biggest year that I had in the middle of Canberra donated to me from this amazing person, Nick Bullum. And he let us have this space for the weekend for free. We'd have it for as long as we needed. Massive store. And we raised just shy of $10,000 just in that one sale. Oh, wow. On a weekend. It was great. <sighs> So that's, much fun. I love when community comes together for a common cause. Oh, that's so good. Absolutely. So good. Absolutely. It was just the best. I loved it. Loved it. And I, I do love the ones at home as well, but they don't raise as much, but it's still, it just works a treat. Works a treat. Yeah, that's it. Let's move into the actual event itself. So we'll split the event up into the preparation, the actual event, and then post event, just because I think I really want to touch on that post event kind of stuff as well. But in terms of the preparation, this this is a really not a very good question, but how <laughs> like how do you prepare for an event like this? Like I suppose running wise, how do you prepare for for something like this? Oh, I have an amazing coach. So my coach Cherie is uh, from Elevate Running and Fitness in Canberra. puts a program together for me. So I have a uh, currently a twenty week program. With her, she includes all my other events because I've got an event every month because I'm. <laughs> A nutter. Well, you and, enjoy um, it, right? That's why you do it. Yeah. yeah. Keeps you going, keeps you excited about it all. And so she does all of my run prep stuff. So I'll do with her every week with our Elevate Running Group, I'll do two um, interval sessions with them. 
and they're all on trail and then she'll have me running or doing weights or Pilates or there's not one day that I don't have something on which I love because I just I love having the focus I love having something to go towards and uh, she just puts an amazing program together so my big tip would be to definitely have a coach, have someone, have a program. It doesn't matter if it's an online program, doesn't matter if it's face-to-face. Um, I went with with Cherie, one, she's a friend of mine, two, I need someone to hold my hand <laughs> and make me accountable. Yes. <laughs> so, and she's and being a female and she's a little bit, she's only very marginally older than me as well. Yeah. So she knows what my body's going through. She knows what the emotional stages of life. Yes goes through for a woman. Yep. So it, it just works beautifully. Love it a bit. Love it a bit. I love that you're attacking it, not just on the pavement, but also a kind of holistic view of fitness as well, doing the Pilates oh, yeah. and doing the strength training. I think that's important yep. too, because that's kind of, that's going to help your day four, day five, kind of getting through oh, that dark spot. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, I, it, willpower is going to be what you need Day five, oh, six, yeah. seven. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Training well, kind of goes out the door. It's just getting yeah, it's out true. of bed. Yep. It's true. I think it's what, it's, oh, what do they say? It's 92 or 93% mental yep. and we're all mental. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so then what are three things someone new to this event would need to know going into it, do you think? Just to look after yourself. If you feel something that hurts or you feel that you've got a hot spot on your foot or a blister or chafe, any, like anything's going to happen during the week. Use Matt. Matt's a medic. Yep. He's unbelievable. Uh, definitely like don't don't leave it until it's too late because he will have a plan for you right down to the get-go of what you need for every every moment. He has popped so many blisters on my feet. We're really good mates now. <laughs> and um, it's it's just it's definitely worth jumping in early. No questions too stupid. Yeah. So open and out there that you can just ask him anything. So my second hot tip would be take several pairs of shoes. Yep. Because one, your feet will swell. Mm-hmm. Two, the so the foam in your shoes will crush, crunch down with yep. time. So you don't want to turn around and wear wear your Nike Zooms on one day, and then turn around and wear your Nike Zooms on the second day because they've then compressed so much in the sole yep. that they're not fitting you properly. You need to give them yeah. at least 24, 48 hours for the foam to puff back up again so that ah, you get that comfort. Yeah, okay. Hot tip, you know, it, it works. It works. Yep. I think even for Tarawera, I took four pairs of shoes, but I only, yeah, okay. I only wore two in yep. during that one because my feet were wrecked. But definitely multiple shoes, awesome. Yeah. My third hot and tip. Sorry, before we get to the third, do you rotate those in training as well to get them kind of match fit, so to speak? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and um, I'm, I'm looking for my husband, but he's not over there at the moment. So, I'm currently running through five road pairs of shoes, I think, and I have, I think, six trail pairs of shoes. So, I've spent a bomb on shoes. So, don't tell my husband. Well, you, you kind of need your feet, right? <laughs> well, Let's that's, be that's that's the thing. If you if like if I turned around and couldn't train because my shoes weren't working for me, or I developed hot spots because a certain pair of shoes was starting to wear out in one spot, I definitely need it. Now, you've mentioned before we go into number three. I'm so yeah, sorry no, to keep okay. interrupting, that's fine. but you've mentioned hot spots a couple of times. Could you go into what a hot spot is, just for the newbies, please? Newbies, sure. So, a hot spot will be where your shoe basically is rubbing. A little yep. bit on, obviously on your foot and it'll just get kind of, it's almost on the verge of a blister. 
So it's called a hotspot because it does heat up, etc. And that's you need to be careful of hotspots because they will turn into a blister. And blisters, as ridiculous as it is, a blister can basically terminate your your run. Yeah. Because it can be really painful and then you, you try to step away from the blister, so to speak, and then you ruin your ankle or you ruin your knee or so many other things can come from that. So as soon as you start feeling hot spots, again, talk to Matt and he will deal with it for you as well. Like he'll cover it up. Um, I've had blisters before where I've wrecked my ankle afterwards and have been, and been on crutches for three days after. So it's just, it's not worth running through that. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. All right, number three. Number three, <laughs> my third, third very important one as well. Um, I tend to pack all of my my gear for each event in individual little bags. Okay. So that I've, I'll have my Perth, my Adelaide, my Tassie, all in there, everything that I think I will need for each event. Um, these one little pouches in my backpack or mm-hmm. in my, sorry, in my travel bag. But then when you get back from your first, whichever marathon, you grab that out put that in your backpack to carry on the plane with you Mm. so that you have your gear for the next day because obviously travel, things can happen. That That is such good advice because it's not, it's got nothing to do with running, (laughs) but it has so much to do with running at the same time. It's just phenomenal. That's, that is priceless, that advice. It works so well and it comes from, and I have to be very thankful to my daughter's gymnastics club because they always say, Pack your competition leotard in your backpack for on the plane. <laughs> so I'm listening to them. Yeah, fantastic. You did mention in there about talking to Matt a lot. I think it's really important oh, yeah. to mention as well that if you are having issues during the run, just talk to someone oh. who's on the run as well. Be like, hey, Absolutely. this is happening. Is, is, do, you, do you guys manage this somehow or what, what, what yeah. do you do, whether it's chafe or whatever it is? Because everybody, yeah. I guarantee everybody in that run has had something wrong that you've probably got something. 100%. Like there's, you know, I know this this might be a TMI sort of thing, but he's obviously treated my blisters before, but last year and I had in, in March last year, I had a, I'm going to call it a uterus removal because I'm, I'm not old enough to call it a hysterectomy. Yep. Okay. Fair enough. (laughs) Um, only, that was only 10 weeks before, oh. I think it was about 10, 12 weeks before doing 777 last year. Yes. <laughs> uh, as a side note, not the most ideal entry into a seven marathons. No, no, not at all. Not at all. And so then obviously when, when we got to 777, my stomach started playing up because everything's moving around. It doesn't know where it sits yet. So I had really bad cramps and mm. pretty uncomfortable. And I was like, Matt, 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 help me. And so bang, gave me a tablet. Off I go. Yeah. Again, no questions too, no questions too stupid. Yeah. For Matt, no question is too personal. Mm. For Matt, he knows it all. He's done it all. He's 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 listened to me, <laughs> <laughs> and he knows everything about me pretty much. Yeah. So it is just as soon as you get that that first sign of something that is does does not feel right to you, mm. go and talk to him. Go and talk to him. He's phenomenal. The event itself. Is there anything that you did the first year? Because I suppose the first year you went around Australia and then it kind of hasn't quite happened. So is there anything that you did the first year that you won't ever do again? That you're like, that does not work. I think my my biggest thing again would be I left it too long because I had I had a pretty nasty blister on my foot and I left it too long to deal with it. Yep. My big thing would be talk early. Mm-hmm. That would be what my big change. One of my things that I would actually talk about from the very, very first event, you have you have people come and cheer you on. You have your friends come and cheer you on and they 
they do everything out of love and it's it's beautiful but when you and when you're hurting they obviously see that you're hurting and they want to protect you, which I love and I appreciate so, 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 so much. But it doesn't get you to the end as well because you do end up getting getting emotional and stuff and you then second guess yourself and all that sort of stuff. So um, I would... I would definitely, for any sort of situation where you feel that you can't continue, I would be looking to my fellow runners and getting them to pull you back out of your dark places. Every single person, who, however many people are there, every single person is hurting in some way, but we need to pull each other through. Yep. So relying on your other runners and re- relying on all the the volleys, etc. There definitely gets you through to the end. And they're the pe- the runners are the people that uh, know exactly the spot that you're in because mm-hmm. they would have been in it before, mm-hmm. or they're about twenty minutes away from it themselves. So exactly, I think that's really important to kind of yeah. stay as a group, and that's probably why your friendship and community has stayed so close, which is which is really admirable. And that's yeah, really Absolutely. good advice. So equipment wise, what are your essentials? What are your what do you take with you? Obviously, 108 Ooh. pairs of shoes. Check. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have like 45 bags just with yeah, shoes. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> definitely uh, like the several pairs of shoes, Your a lot of socks mm-hmm. as well because even in some places, just changing your socks is super important because yep. your feet will sweat, your feet will swell. Having that comfort makes a huge, huge, huge difference. Just any of your, any of your nutrition that you prefer, I would bring. Yep. So if you have a specific gel that you like or if you have a, a specific trail brew or any of the like your, the stuff you put in your water, et cetera, bring them along. Everything will be provided. Yeah. So you don't need to have – you don't have to have a pack and wear a pack the whole time. You don't have to carry anything with you when you because when you go out, you have either seven like 7K loops or you'll see everyone every 40 minutes, half an hour as well so that you can still get to the, the, the table and get whatever food you want. I would even – Turn around and tell Jess, who who runs runs the show, if there is something specific that you want on the table, mm. they'll have it there for you. Yeah, right. Yeah, so worth it. Yep. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, just that communication, right? Just Ugh. yeah, trying the more to- communication, the better. Yeah, yeah. And the yep. volunteers are there sure. to help to Absolutely. try and make it as easy as possible. But so, in terms Absolutely. of nutrition, do do you try and stick to certain foods both before, during, and after, or are you just trying to get? sheer volume through your body to try and get you to the end? I'm not a massive eater, like unfortunately. Day to day, like in general or in the event? Yeah, in general and in the event because I I do find that my my stomach kind of gets to a point where it can't handle anything. But I find, or for the past few years I've done and they obviously they put them on the table. They'll do like honey and Vegemite and peanut butter sandwiches and stuff and have all that ready for you. And I'll do honey honey and Vegemite sandwiches mashed together. For me, it works really well. I've just gone off bread though. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, guys. I'm going to have to put some pasta on the table for me now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But love stuff like having watermelon and stuff like that. I I prefer, I do do have gels. I have spring energy gels uh, that are quite they're like real food pretty much, like mashed yeah. up. Yeah, lack of a better word, like, like baby, baby food. puree. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. <laughs> Let's not point our nose up at that. No, it's, that's right. It works. That's right. It works. Smashing it, smashing a Heinz baby food again. That's <laughs> it. Oh, the good old but days. it's easy. Yeah, it's so easy on your stomach and um, 
just gives you that extra energy and stuff to keep going. But I, I like, I like chewing food. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm the so, same. There's only so much kind of texture you can have in your mouth. Yeah, that's yeah. sloppy. You're like, I yeah, just need like, something well, solid. Yeah, chew something, <laughs> chew it. <laughs> my my best suggestion would be like go out and test stuff while you're while you're training, and then work out what works for you. Because what works for me is completely different. It's like it's like me telling people wear topos because that works for my feet. Go out and just wear them. Don't just buy them online. You'll be fine. And then I'm telling someone who has very skinny feet to wear topos and they just slide around and get blisters everywhere. So it's just not, you have to, you have to eat, fuel up, drink, wear what works for you. What you know. And I think that's a key bit of advice is don't try something during the event. Try it while you're training, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's have at least two months data on this. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Now, do you listen to music during your runs? No. No. You want to feel the atmosphere? Good work. I can't like if if I'm really in the hurt box and I'm on my own. Yeah, chuck chuck in some old school aerobics music or something like that. But with Triple Seven, I actually love and I'm <laughs> for want of me of calling it something different. I love the Woohoo Crew. The yes. Woohoo. Yep. And I love being able to yell encouragement at somebody, high five someone, all that sort of stuff. Have a little sneaky chat where you can, that sort of thing. I love being able to do that. Well, it sounds like you like being present in the actual event. 100%. 100%. And that doesn't work for everybody. Some people need to have music to push them along. Awesome. Awesome. There's no right or wrong. It's just, again, it's what works for you. Recovery techniques. What are we working with with recovery techniques? This is like between each of the each of the courses. Definitely take because you will have time at the airports to do stuff. Or if we if we are doing a bus again, you will have time to stretch. You will have time to crack out a theragun and use your massage gun as much as you can. I like yeah. have it with you because just sit on the plane. You can again, obviously with nutrition etc. You can avoid cramping, but being squashed into a plane, you may cramp up. So. <laughs> I just salt it up, salt it up and electrolyte it up. I have had years where I've taken uh, my Normatec, like compression boots, and that's been a godsend. They're broken though, which I'm really disappointed Oh, get those fixed, mate. <laughs> oh, I need them again. I need them again. Also took a, it's a machine that you put ice and water into and it yep. does compression and ice and water through and yeah. like hold, uh, through to your legs as well. And that works yep. really, really well. Using your physio cream and all that sort of stuff is, yeah. is great. It's also good to note that on planes, you that you have unlimited access to ice. So you can if you are struggling, you can ask the flight attendant for a Absolutely. bag of ice and they'll sort you out straight away. So Absolutely. And yeah, same in the hotels. It's great. Yeah. It's yeah. Really good. That's it. Hey, even yep. for a little cheeky ice bath and that kind oh, of thing. Yeah. So Oh yeah. Works wonders when we have a bath in the hotel. <laughs> yeah. Oh post event. And I, I kinda wanted to touch on this. Obviously, a massive talking point in the running circles at the moment is Ned Brockman. Now for those who don't know Ned Brockman, he ran from Perth to Bondi, which is about 4,000 Ks, and he tried to do it in 40 days. I think he got did it in 46. Anyway, hearing him talk, he spoke about the recovery of his body post the event of running for 40, 46 days straight. But then he also talked about, and I want to talk to you about that too, is getting your body back to a homeostasis or the, the, yeah, yeah. the standard body that you that you need yes. but then also the come down from the event itself <laughs> so because ned went through bondi there was oh, i'm gonna there was so many oh, people it was like five hundred thousand. It, it was outrageous amazing. 
But I feel like the runners for the Braveheart 777 would be pretty similar because you finish in the Gold oh, yeah. Coast, which is a whole kind of same vibe there, and you hit the same people for seven <laughs> days, giving it your all. So I feel like there's going to be a bit of a dark space there. Sure. So, and this crosses over to both a little bit. So body and mind um, is just to be kind to yourself. Yes, your your body is going to hurt 100%. You're not going to be able, like, just just rest. Just rest it up. If you need to put your legs up a wall, it's still up in Queensland and at a theme park with your family, get a chair and put your legs up the wall. It doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. Just be really, really kind to yourself. Don't stop moving though. Do some little walks, like light walks and stuff. Get in some get in some cold water if, if the water in Queensland is cold, of course, uh, like multivitamins and all that sort of stuff as well because you will potentially you, you've, you've put your body through so much of a strain anyway so you you have that probability that you you will get sick afterwards like get a bit of a cold get a little bit of you know something any niggles that are going around you're mm-hmm. so depleted you'll catch it so keep up with like immunity keep up with magnesium anything that you need just smash it but my, like my big thing is just be kind to yourself because and going in like to the mental part of it as well I, the first time I did triple seven I had probably again about two maybe three days where I went into a funk and my funk in that one was mainly because of the people who I'd been with and they're beautiful people and I have I'm still really good friends with all of them but I missed them really like a lot and it was really hard kind of like obviously I love my family to bits and pieces, but they didn't know what I was feeling and they didn't know what I was going through because they, they hadn't gone through the actual exertion that we'd done. So that yeah. was really hard to deal with for a few days. And, you know, you kind of just go into that quiet space where you just you need to just move forward somehow and what's next. So my, my thing is always having a what's next, where next, what next, however, you, whichever way you want to put it, have something else in the distance that you decide that you want to do. Like I've got Ultra Trail Kosciuszko 100K in December. So I'll have that to look mm. forward to. And, yeah. or, you know, focus on a family wedding coming up or whatever. What, whatever ticks, you, ticks the box for you, have something to look forward to because it does deplete you a lot. I, I think it's important though to bask in your own glory for a oh, little yeah. bit and reflect yes. on how, like what you achieved, who you achieved it with Absolutely. and that kind of thing. And then the fundraising that you did yep. and then yeah, take time and then go, okay, well, what's what's next? Is there like a uh, like a social media group that you guys have that you can kind of post after the mm. event to keep in touch with everyone? Or? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we do, have a, we do have a group on Facebook, but definitely feed on that and get into it if you have any and, – and you can do that prior as well. Like if you do have questions prior to the event, throw it in there. Someone will get back to you because my perspective of the event and my perspective of how things go and how my body goes and how I pack and how I do whatever is going to be completely different to to Pete, for example, like he, who packs a lunchbox with all his stuff in it and that's it. So it's – we're all very different. <laughs> we all have things that work for us. Yeah, yeah, and that's it. Find your find your niche. Find what what works. Yeah, and listen yeah. to everybody and take the tidbits out of it because it's going to be a whole whole massive conveyor belt full of information, and it's just going to be those little nuggets along the way that are going to work for you. Yeah, yeah, like taking your clothes in your backpack on the plane. That one Smartest. you have to do though because that one is that one is gold. <laughs> that is vital. That is gold. Yep. <laughs> that is so good. Right. Well, it's been an 
absolute pleasure, Jess. Oh, honestly, thank you so I much. really appreciate everything that you've said, and I've had a blast today. So we're going to finish all, all the episodes with the one question, which is: if you could describe the triple seven in one word, what would it be? Life changing. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Well, Jess, thank you very much. Thank you so uh, much Mitch. for talking to me today. I really appreciate it, and all the best for the triple seven starting in July. I just, I can't wait to follow everything and and make sure everyone is okay. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. It will be amazing. And uh, And please, please, each state, please come out and yell at us. Yell at us. Yeah. Get your friends, guys. Get your friends. We're talking signs, banners. We're talking. Yes. We're talking. A little bit of of support and fundraising. Let's get them there. We're talking signs with Ryan Reynolds. Is that the finish line with a kitten? Let's go. Stop it. All right. Thank you very much, Jess. Appreciate the chat. Thank you so much, Mitch. Appreciate it. Wow. What a conversation that was. Such an inspiring story with so much information there to help anyone really on their journey with Bravehearts 777 Marathon. A massive, massive thank you to you, Jess, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to uh, share your story and wealth of knowledge. I personally had an absolute great time and I hope everyone listening also enjoyed that episode. Now, another reminder to click that follow button, ladies and gentlemen, on any platform that you're listening on, which will send you a notification when each new episode comes in. Be sure to share among your friends and family as well so they too can understand what it is you're going through in order to participate in this massive event, as well as what you have to do to raise funds for Bravehearts. Again, I'm Mitch Craig and this is the Bravehearts 777 Marathon Podcast. Thank you for listening to a private Tribute Pod production podcast. Distribution and content approval of this podcast is solely with the customer with no liability to Tribute Pod. For more information regarding privacy, terms and conditions, or to arrange further podcasts, please head to our website, www.tributepod.com.au. Feel free to give us a like or share on our socials if you enjoyed this dedication. A Tribute Pod production.